Hello everyone, welcome back to yet another episode of Preacher's Corner. I am Naledi, your host, and I'm super excited to be here today, right? Today is, is definitely a better day. And for those of you who have been listening to the previous episodes, you guys would know that I have been seeing flames in the past year or so. But today I'm happy to say that it is a good day day and one the one thing that makes it a good day is the fact that i get to share my favorite biblical story in the bible today but before i get into that i just want to thank each and every single person who keeps on listening and who keeps on sharing these messages it's never really about the numbers guys but it's just about having seeing the podcast grow to me just shows that um, more and more people get to hear the word of God in each and every kind of form there is. And that for me is what literally makes my world bloom. The fact that we can bring Christ to people. And yeah, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everyone who keeps listening, who keeps liking, who keeps doing everything that they can um, to make sure that the word of God is reached out on like into the world out there. With that being said, if you have not listened to any of the podcasts, you are welcome to start literally from the first episode up until now. Now we are in season two, right? And I'm excited to be in another season because I did, I like, I in the past year, I did not think I would ever come back to podcasting, but I am here by the grace of God and I do not take it lightly, right? For those of you who have been tuning in, Season two is mostly really about how to deal with life challenges, you know, from things like the wall of Jericho, which talks about marching around, you know, having childlike faith and literally prophetically marching around in your prayer time, marching around and and calling out the thing that stands between you and your destiny, you and your purpose that stands between you and God that stands between you and literally the other side. And then we have who told you that, um, that episode is really about undoing, learning how to undo all these thoughts and labels and, you know, um, patterns and habits that destroy us that have been placed upon us by circumstances our our growing environments you know our our childhoods and all of those things and when people say to you that you know or when you say to yourself you are insecure or whatever you need to ask to counter attack that thought and ask ask yourself but who told you that because god did not create you insecure he created you brave and courageous right And then there's a life update that generally just explains half of what has been keeping me away from podcasting. And the thing is that, guys, I felt so bad about being away from podcasting for over a year. But the thing is that I think it's it's almost always a safe thing to stay away from any platform if and when you are not in a great place because you need to understand the sensitivity of the word of God. Um, it's 
anything that you might say that is not from the Holy Spirit might literally turn someone away from God for the rest of their lives or actually, you know, make people not believe in God or the thing is that we are representations of God on earth. And so we need to be careful with how we represent him. So yes. And then after that, it is the episode about uncertainty and obscurity. That is a season that I'm currently in right now where I just don't know what's going on half of the time. But I am glad that I'm going through this season because um that 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 episode is based on the story of Joseph who went from you know being in a place of comfort with his father and being sold into slavery and then he he got a promotion and he started staying in Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife tried to scream rape. And then he went to prison and then from prison, he was forgotten in there for about two years or, or more. And then from then on, um, when the King remembered when, when Joseph was able to interpret the King's dream, then, um, Joseph was promoted in, to be in charge of the country and it just shows that the one constant thing that joseph did was kept it was that he kept his faith in god and kept himself in the presence of god because during those seasons regardless of the fact that he was going through a lot and seeing flames but god gave him favor anyway but anyway yes um let's get into the word of today which is definitely my favorite. We are going to be talking about the Shunammite woman from 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 8 and I'm not sure until when I'm going to be reading but I'll stop when yes when it's enough. So 2 Kings verse 4 chapter chapter 4 verse 8 excuse me. One day, Elisha went to Shunem, where a rich woman lived. She invited him to a meal, and from then on, every time he went to Shunem, he would have his meals at her house. She said to her husband, I am sure that this man who comes here so often is a holy man. Let's build a small room on the roof, put a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp in it, and he can stay there whenever he visits us. One day, Elisha returned to Shunem and went up to his room to rest. He told his servant Gehazi to go and call the woman. When she came, she said to Gehazi, ask her what I can do for her in return for all the trouble she has had in providing our needs. Maybe she... Um, maybe she would like me to go to the king or the army commander and put in a w good word for her. She answered, I have all I need among my own people. Elisha asked Gehazi, what can I do for her then? He answered, well, she has no son and her husband is an old man. Tell her to come here, Elisha ordered. She came and stood in the doorway and Elisha said to her, by this time next year, you will be holding a son in your arms. Mm. oh she exclaimed please sir don't lie to me you are a man of god but as elisha said at about that time the that time the following year she gave birth to a son some years later at harvest time the boy went out one morning to join his father who was in the field with the harvest workers suddenly he cried out to his father my head hurts my head hurts carry the boy to his mother the father said to a servant 
The servant carried the boy back to his mother. He held him in her lap until noon, which at which time he died. She carried him up in to Elisha's room, put him on the bed and left, closing the door behind her. Then she called her husband and said to him, Send a servant here with a donkey. I need to go to the prophet Elisha. I'll be back as soon as I can. Why do you have to go today? Her husband asked. It's neither a Sabbath nor a new moon festival. Never mind, she answered. Then she had the donkey saddled and ordered the servant Make the donkey go as fast as it can and don't slow it down unless I tell you to. So she set out and went to Mount Carmel where Elisha was. Elisha saw her coming while she was still some distance away and said to his servant Gehazi, Look, there comes the woman from Shunem. Hurry to her and find out if everything is all right with her, her husband and her son. She told Gehazi that everything was all right. But when she came to Elisha, she bowed down before him and took hold of his feet. Gehazi was about to push her away, but Elisha said, leave her alone. Can't you see she's deeply distressed? And the Lord has not told me a thing about it. The woman, oh, verse 28, the woman said to him, sir, did I ask you for a son? Didn't I tell you not to raise my hopes? Elisha turned to Gehazi and said, Hurry, take my stick and go. Don't stop to greet anyone you meet. And if anyone greets you, don't take time to answer. Go, to the to, go straight to the house and hold my stick over the boy. The woman said to Elisha, I swear by my loyalty to the living Lord and to you that I will not leave you. So the two of them started back together. Gehazi went on ahead and held Elisha's stick over the child but there was no sound or no other sign of life so he went back to meet elisha and said the boy did not wake up verse 32 when elisha arrived he went alone into the room and saw the boy lying dead on the bed he closed the door and prayed to the lord then he laid down the boy placing his mouth eyes hands on the boy's mouth eyes and hands as he lay stretched out over the boy the boy's body started to get warm. Elisha got up, walked about the room, and then went back again and stretched himself over the boy. The boy sneezed seven times and then opened his eyes. Elisha called Gehazi and told him to call the boy's mother. When she came in, he said to her, Here's your son. She fell at Elisha's feet with her face touching the ground. Then she took her son and left. Listen to me. This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible because um, the kind of faith that this woman has is faith that I would personally love to have, right? As I was saying that in our season of obscurity and uncertainty, it's very easy for us to utter words and to say things that further curse or that further destroys um the 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 faith in us the hope that we have and mostly curses over the promise that God has given to us so in this in the story right this woman was given a son and 
she was given a son literally a year later after Elisha told her that she was going to have a son. And I can understand how it may have felt to her to be given a son only to have the son die again. You know, as any, I guess, normal person, she could have literally wailed after her son died. Like she could have, this was her promise. This was the one thing that she had yearned for in her life. And, you know, her natural reaction could, in that moment could have really been to wail and to cry and to hold a funeral for her son, you know, go through the mourning process, wear sackcloth and all of those things that they wore um, during their mourning period. But she chose a different stance. And I started to wonder as I read through the scripture that what would actually happen if the very promise that God has given to us does either not come in the way that we thought it would, or it just dies, you know, or it doesn't work out, or it looks like it doesn't work out. What kind of outcome would we have if we take the approach of the Shunammite woman? This woman took, you know, she, she took her son and she laid her son down, and she literally, in that moment, she watched her son die, and... She, her husband asked her, what is wrong? And she said, never mind, you know. And even when Elisha's servant asked her, what's going on? She said, it is well, nothing is wrong. And I wonder if instead of venting, you know, instead of talking about how certain things makes us feel and how we, you know, how um, the promise has been you know, I'm taken away or it has died or, you know, how different would our lives be if we took on the approach of the Shunammite woman and instead of, you know, doing things the normal way where we don't practice our faith, things tend to die in our life because of our natural reactions, because of doing what we think feels right, you know, and you start to literally wonder that if I were to say, if someone were to ask me what's wrong and I decided to keep my faith and I decided to keep my mouth shut and instead speak life, speak something that, that, that shows that it is going to be well, that shows that God can do anything, anything that he says he can do. And instead of venting and crying and doing all of these things, what would happen if we were just to say it is well? Because the Bible does tell us that the power of life and death, it lays in the tongue, in the words that we speak. That is why when we have these big preachers who, who speak, you know, the word of God, it, the words that they speak, they facilitate and they, they water the seeds that are already in us. And that's when the presence of God grows in us. Or you have people who give their lives to Christ simply because of the words that they spoke. Words have a lot of power and I don't think we realize it. And to be quite honest, I'm also someone who... Well, I, I, I'm a work in progress, but like before I was conscious about the words that I speak, I used to be very careless about how I spoke. I used to literally be the one that kills 
the Holy Spirit inside of me through the words that I speak or cancel out my blessings through the words that I speak, you know, and I never realized it until God literally in my sleep, I heard a chain break. And when that chain break, it was kind of like, a, what is this? Uh, 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 a freedom that was given to me from speaking words that had no life, you know, speaking words that were very careless to, to the blessing, you know. And I think a lot of times we, we are the ones who cancel out the blessings that God wants to give us. We are the ones who cancel out the promises that God gives to us because of the words that we speak. Like you can't exactly pray to God and thank him for this and thank him for that. Um, and then with the same mouth, you kind of go like, but, you know, like, but good things don't happen to me. And what you did right there is cancel out the blessing. You know, the Shunammite woman, she, man, she, she had opportunity to cancel out her blessing, to cancel out her, her, his, her son being brought back to life, but she chose to say it as well. She chose to, 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 to not worry because also the thing is that words cause a lot of worry, right? Words cause a lot of worry. Imagine if she had told her husband, if her husband asked, like when he asked what's going on, what's wrong. And instead of saying, never mind, or instead of saying, you know, what she said, which was, yeah, never mind. Imagine if she told her husband that our son has died and then she says, but I'm going to Elijah and this and this and this. The thing is that what if her husband would have wailed or literally had a heart attack, you know, at the loss of his son and what that would have done was to, it was going to cause and cause doubt in her and to let her grieve instead of having the faith it would have canceled out the blessing that was coming and it would have canceled out her faith more than anything because then it 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 it, it would have been like a catastrophe so to say um, so which is why it's very important for us sometimes most times if not all times to keep things to yourself in the moment where you are told to keep things to yourself. Because sometimes some people don't have the kind of faith that you have. And this woman stood up as a woman in her household, a woman full of faith. And she decided to keep this to herself, you know, because maybe her husband did not share the same faith, the, the same amount of faith that she had and the same amount of belief that she had, you know. So how different would things be if we had kept quiet or we had just said it is well in situations where we know that God can revive them. We know that God can make it well, you know, because the thing is that we as human beings, we tend to cancel a lot of our blessings and we are not even aware. So really for this message is about making us aware of the words that we speak, making us aware of the, you know, of, of the environment 
that we create with the words that we speak. When she said it as well, she created an environment for God to move and to bring healing. And the thing is that God carried this thing um, through to Elisha when Elisha said to, who's this? His servant to not greet anyone, to not talk to anyone, but to just go straight to the boy and hold the stick over him. Because the thing is that if the servant had to stay and greet people and talk to people and doing what it, whatever it is, that means that his faith and, you know, the, the, the faith that the, the, the servant might have, might have had in that moment would have been contaminated or would have been canceled out by any of the people that he would have spoken to on the street. Because eventually someone would have asked, where are you going? And then the servant would have been like, I'm going to heal a boy who is dead and, you know, tell the, the whole story. And then someone would have gone, ah, but you're not Elisha. Or, oh, are you God now? Or, you know, those kind of comments that make you, that discourage you. And which is why it was so important for the servant to literally run there, not speak to anyone, not talk to anyone. Because also, he was also a part of the group of people, between the three people, between Elisha, the woman, and him. He was part of a group of people who, who were creating the atmosphere for God to move with the words that were spoken. And sometimes you just need to be quiet because any kind of word that would be spoken against the blessing or that would cancel out the blessing would have allowed a seed or created room for the devil to come in and to plant seeds of doubt. And when there is doubt, I don't think that God can move in a place where there is doubt. Or it, God is never restricted by anything, right? But it is so much better for God to move in a place where a faith atmosphere is created. And the same story basically really happened in Luke when an angel, well, Gabriel came to Zechariah and was to announce the, 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 the birth of John the Baptist. And it's, it's in Luke 1 when Gabriel comes to, to Zechariah. Yeah, let's read from verse 17. Luke 1 verse 17. It says, He will go ahead of the Lord, strong and mighty like the prophet Elijah. He will bring fathers and children together again. He will turn disobedient people to the way of thinking of the righteous. He, and he will get the Lord's people ready for him. Verse 18, Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know if this is so? I am an old man and my wife is old also. 19, I am Gabriel, the angel answered. I stand in the presence of God who sent me to speak to you and tell you these good news. But you have not believed my message, which will come true at the right time. Because you have not believed, you will be unable to speak. You will, be, you will remain silent until the day my promise comes true to you. 
In the meantime, verse 21, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he was spending such a long time in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. And so they knew that he had seen a vision in the temple. Unable to say a word, he made signs with his hands. You know, Zechariah's first response is a very normal response to to anything that God says or the Holy Spirit tells us. You know, Zechariah did not believe in in what Gabriel was saying and the promise that God was 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 bringing, you know. It sounded good to hear, but in the the natural state of our minds, it doesn't make sense for an old person to have a child. Even though I think Zechariah knew the scriptures and he knew that Abraham and Sarah had a child um, in their old age. But like many of us, we treat the Bible stories, we look at them and we treat them as just stories, you know, like, ah, this was written, but I don't actually believe that it actually happened, you know, and... <laughs> and the first response is to how will I know that this is true because I'm an old man and my wife is also old man Gabriel spoke such beautiful things about John he spoke about how John will go ahead of Jesus and he will be strong and he will be mighty like Elijah and he will bring fathers and sons and children together and he will turn disobedient people in back to the way of thinking of the righteous. You know, Zechariah comes in and cancels out the promise of God. And so imagine if Gabriel did not shut Zechariah up and throughout the nine months that Elizabeth was pregnant. Imagine how many things that, that Zechariah would have said to cancel out the blessing and to distort the blessing and to perverse the blessing. Um, so much so that Elizabeth might have probably not been in a state a, a spiritual state of mind to receive the blessing and to care for John the Baptist, the blessing, the promise that God has given to them and raise him up in the way that God would want for them to raise up. Because Gabriel was not just speaking about the birth of John the Baptist, but he was also speaking about the fact that they would have to raise John the Baptist a certain way because he would live a certain life and he would live a life that is not ordinary like everyone else's. So imagine if Zechariah had continued, had not his mouth had not been shut, and imagine how he would have been distorting. You know, he would be a pathway for the devil to come and distort the promise of God in the mind of Elizabeth and in his own mind as well. He would have been a pathway for the devil to come and destroy that which God was going to use, the person that God was going to use to prepare the way for his son, Jesus. Imagine how if 
Zachariah's mouth had not been shut. I don't believe that John the Baptist would have made it in the way that God, I mean, nothing is impossible for God, right? But people have a sense of destroying in them. It would have made a path for Zechariah to, you know, discourage John the Baptist, to discourage Elizabeth, and to discourage and distort the promise of God during those nine months. And he would have changed the heart posture of Elizabeth away from God. And if he changed the heart posture of Elizabeth away from God, you could have just imagined how it would have been if John the Baptist would have been born in an environment that was not conducive, that did not inhabit faith, that did not inhabit praises, that did not consist of an atmosphere that would allow for the faith um, for God to work. And so Zechariah was kept, he was literally quiet (laughs) for the whole nine months. And so in verse 57, up until verse 60, then now comes the dispute of naming the child. And I don't think that if Zechariah had been speaking and his mouth had been shut, John the Baptist's name would have been John because he, um, his family, Zechariah's family wanted to name John the Baptist Zechariah after his father. And I think it was a norm back in that day to name kids after one of the existing um, figures in the family, right? And he would have just been like, that child's name is Zechariah, right? But because Gabriel had spoken to him and because his mouth had been shut, he, he, was, he had to agree with um with Elizabeth in naming the child John because the thing is that in the olden days when you name your child after a certain figure a certain person in the family then you are also saying that this this child must take on the traits and the characteristics of the person that you are naming them after. So one of the questions when people um, were told, when the family members were told that the child's name would be John, in verse 66, it says that everyone who heard of the name thought about it and asked, what is this child going to be? What is this child going to be? And... You know, that's the thing is that when you, when, when in the olden days, when you named a child, you named them after a certain figure in the family, a certain person in the family. And you, it, it could have, that meant that they could already see who the child is going to be like. So they named the child according to the characteristics of a person, right? To say that, oh, this child's name, if the child's name would have been Zechariah, then they they would not be surprised by anything that the child did because they would just be like, ah, he's just like his father. So because he was being named John, a name that doesn't exist within the family, the main question was, what is this child going to be? And so it that was very important because now God came in 
and show these people who John the Baptist was going to be through the life of John the Baptist. And so this would not have happened if, 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 if this child was named Zachariah. But anyway, the point is that it is very important for us to be quiet or to keep saying like the Shunammite woman, it is well, it is okay, never mind it is well. That is most important because words cancel out the promise. They distort the promise. They give a pathway to Satan to come in and to steal the seed of hope, to steal the seed of faith, to steal the seed of belief in the promise of God, in the in 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 the promise of God because the thing is that when God gives you a promise and he gives you a vision or he gives you a revelation, you know, you have to be very careful who you talk to about it. Sometimes you have to be like Zechariah and keep it inside, you know, be quiet, zip it up, just, you know, because anything that you might say, even if it's not you who distorts it, but anyone that you might tell that God did not tell you to tell, might be a pathway for the devil to come in and distort and bring perversion around the promise of God or bring hopelessness or plant seeds of hopelessness and, and unbelief and all of those things. So every promise, every revelation, every vision that God gives you, even when it looks like a situation is not coming together, please know that it's going to come to pass. But you have the responsibility and you have the job to make sure that you always create an environment and a boundary that keeps the devil out from distorting whatever it is that God is, has shown to you and has told you about. And also you keep an environment for faith. You keep an environment for hope. You keep an environment for belief. You keep an environment that attracts God to work in the process, to work in the process so that you both get to the finish line renewed. You both get to the finish line being able to give glory to God and you get to the finish line knowing that you chose life in your tongue. You chose power. You chose life in your tongue. That's what you chose. The Shunammite woman, man, I don't think that her faith only came up in that moment. I believe that she was a woman of God who spent time with God and spent time with, you know, in the presence of God and he prayed and he, you know, she, she did all of these things. And all of the things, all this time in the presence of God led up to that moment where she understands and she has the wisdom to believe in God in that moment, even when it looked like, you know, like, like it was over. So I feel like a lot of people think that the people in the Bible just woke up and all these faith, you know, statements and all these faith acts were done. No, I think her time in the presence of God over the course of her life 
led her to be in that moment where she chose to say it is well where she because you can only say that when you have faith guys and faith you build faith whether you like it or not faith is automatically in us but we have to grow that faith and i think this woman because she spent a lot of time with elijah every time elisha every time he came over to her house she built her faith she built her faith that even in that moment where things seemed deadly where things seemed like they were over and her child was dead like never coming back but she built her faith so that she's able to understand and have the wisdom to know that God can do anything that he says he can do and elisha was definitely a prophet of god and you know she believed that elisha could be the gateway could be you know the path in which or the person that god has chosen to to bring forth the work that and the miracle the work that he does and the miracle but we it's 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 each and every single day where we we pray where we read our bible where we worship where we you know spend time with god that it that leads to moments monumental moments that are documented you know um either in our own lives or in the lives of other people where man where we can come to a place to say it is well so spend time with God be in the presence of God love God um read your bible pray but more than anything be very conscious about choosing life um be very conscious and very self aware of choosing to speak life over your situation to never give the devil a pathway to 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 come in and to to plant the seed of doubt to plant the seed of unbelief because all it just takes is a little mustard seed that's all it takes <laughs> that's really all it takes because the devil is a counterfeit if god if jesus says that it you can have faith as little as a mustard seed and tell this mountain to stand up and go over there then you best believe that the devil will use the same tactic and say or 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 use the same tactic by by actually taking the small little mustard seed and planting unbelief that's literally all it takes a small seed so you need to choose whether you take it for you 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 bring you water that seed and it grows into a seed of life or you water that seed and it grows into a seed of death of unbelief of hopelessness and faithlessness so I urge you guys in this new coming well for the rest of this week and the new coming week and the new coming month and the new coming year be conscious about what you choose keep saying all is well keep saying speak life the enemy has been defeated you know and just practice that each and every single day just speak words that bring life and see how your life changes and see how you change from the inside spend time with god guys love god be with god read your bible pray um watch sermons you know speak the word of god hear the word of god be the word of god with that being said we are coming to an end of today's episode i hope that it does you a world of well i kind of 
a little bit like i kind of a little bit apologize for it being so long but it is necessary it was necessary and it will continue to be necessary and yes i'd just like to say a little prayer prayer with you um Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this new day. I thank you for another opportunity to be in your presence. I thank you, Father, that we are becoming conscious and our eyes are being opened to the fact that we need to be aware of the words that we speak. Um, thank you, Father, that in every good word that we speak, you will water it. You are the gardener, your word says. Um, you are the gardener and you are the one who makes things grow. And so I pray that in every area of our life that we choose to speak life, that we choose to say it as well. And we choose to transform our lives for we understand that the power of life and death lays in the tongue and so let us use our tongues for good let us use our tongues to speak life and say all is well in every situation that may come up so that we create environments and atmospheres for you to work to do only what you can do father i thank you in the name of jesus i pray for each and every ear that is listening my father that your word may not just Come into the one ear and go out in the other, but may it marinate, may it plant a seed, may it be a seed that is watered by you, Father. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, guys. I love you. I love you so much. Continue. Have a safe weekend and continue being warriors in the kingdom of Christ. 